off mute. Last second, brother. Last second. I'm, I'm educating myself on all this stuff, buddy. I'm learning. I'm learning. There we go. As long as we're continuously learning, that is the best part that we can get of. And, you know, this is awesome that you unmuted yourself, you know. Did you share it? <laughs> I, I I did, and I think I have to share those victories with people. You know what I'm saying? I noticed a little stuffiness going on there, Ryan. You you, you doing all right? Uh, no, my man. Well, I'm on I'm on the mend. I've been sick yeah. since last week, and um, yeah, this weekend was brutal. And uh, yeah, but I, I hopefully I'm, I'm I'm back on the mend. You know, hopefully yeah. I'll bounce back. And um, it's it's a big week for us, man. So I'm really excited to kind of see how everything kind of goes. Yeah, huge week. Now, question for you: Did you go out when you were sick? No, no. Um, okay. I, yeah, I just stayed home Saturday. I just knocked out um, Sunday, yesterday, uh, knocked out as well. And, you know, I think what we kind of learned and you obviously learned this as well is like, you know, when, when our body says, you know, um, you know, it's, it's time to rest because Dan, this is probably was going to be one of the busiest weekends and weeks of my life um, where I literally had, I was telling my wife last week when I was looking at my calendar, um, I got like my, my day work, but then my night work, um, like I'm literally was going to be out of the home, out of our house from like every single day up until I want to say next Saturday. Um, but my body told me no, you know, and I feel bad, you know, I'm supposed to do a dog rescue event on Saturday. And you told me as well, as we're texting back and forth, you know, just don't feel bad, man. Things happen for a reason and things like that. So, you know, that guilt, you know, a little bit from there, but anyways, enough about me. Um, I'm, hopefully I'm back on the mend and not sounding too much stuffier. Uh, come no, tomorrow, I know, like brother, you're good. And you know what, Damon, our good friend, Damon's the one that taught me about, you know, like resting up and just paying attention and, and everything's going to happen when it happens. And you know what, you probably needed the weekend to just, just cancel everything and, and relax because you're right. This week's going to be huge, man. It's going to be huge. So it's good. I'm, I'm glad to see you rested. You sound a lot better than you did on Friday. So that's good. There we go. And by the way, I got a lot of nice feedback from Friday uh, from everybody with like from my Toastmasters group and things like that. Like they're loving like the book club. So uh, shout out to everybody. And, you know, you and I are matching today. You know, we got the black shirts with the little uh, white. Uh, right there. Yeah. Uh, what did you get up to at the weekend break, brother? What, what would you do? Um, worked pretty much all weekend, man. Um, you know, with what we got going on this week, it's, you know, it's funny because and I think this happens in sales, too. You you. You know, I find like I'm working towards it and I'm kind of mapping everything out. And then I lost one day last week, the day with when, where that was a huge issue with my internet and like both my cell phone. I couldn't hotspot. I couldn't anything. Um, and holy cow, like the amount I felt behind and probably half of it, maybe three quarters was just probably me being me. But like it reminded me of when I didn't follow up when I should have. And one day of no follow-up creates like the next day, a mountain of follow-up, right? Especially if you don't sequence out your follow-ups in order. And like, if you're trying to do, you know, 50, 60 touches a day and you miss one day, the next day you got like a hundred to 120 touches. And then if you don't get through that, it's like the next, and it just, this snowball effect keeps happening. And so this weekend I like, caught up to the snowball and broke the boulder down into bite-sized chunks. And it was like, it was, it was crazy. Cause I felt like I was either sitting at my desk here or with my laptop, every yeah. single place I went. 
Uh, I love that. I, I love that segue, first of all. You know, that was awesome that you kind of got into a segue, man. You're, you're a gangster at these, man. You're getting so good. This is so awesome, man. You know, that's what our topic is going to be for this week. You know, doing the follow-up yeah. because, you know, a lot of people, they get stuck in it. Um, you know, Dan, one thing that I've kind of learned um, as I'm kind of going, you could create like the best email, the best video, the best anything, even the best call, everything like that. And then crickets or like nothing and you're like oh man like mm-hmm. like you said you know like you want to put off those things but we kind of talk about you know like as our topic today is like life's golden ticket is in the follow-up so dan what can uh, the viewers expect this week and especially with today's uh, show so i mean this is a big topic right and i think we've we've all been in i mean if you've been in sales for you know any longer than two minutes, I think you can see the power in follow-up. But also, there's a a massive um, resistance to follow-up. And, you know, I've been scanning socials, looking at um, people's follow-up strategy, looking at at a bunch of things because I'm in preparing for this week, right? And this whole week is all about follow-up. So tomorrow, today... Wednesday, we're going to talk about data follow-up. And, you know, the only day we're not talking about follow-up is Friday. And Wednesday, we've got a huge event with SendSpark, which we just integrated into our system to allow us to um, actually do video direct in our system, which is super cool. But um, follow-up is, well, let me put it to you this way. Mm -hmm. Follow-up is the most important thing you can do. If you are going to prospect at all, you better have an ironclad follow-up because you're pretty much wasting your time prospecting if you're not going to follow up. Because like you said, Ryan, nobody's getting back to you on the first email. Nobody's getting back to you on the first voicemail. Nobody's getting back to you on the first DM unless it's, I'm not interested, right? Like, I don't know about you, but for me, I've almost got an eight-touch policy where anyone on LinkedIn, anyone that's trying to DM me, anyone that's trying to sell me something, whatever it is, even if I'm interested, I'll wait until they connect with me eight times. And I do that specifically because I weed out the people that are one and done follow-uppers. So if your prospects get 15, 20 calls a day, and so every if you call them every two days, if two days, hypothetically, they've already had, you know, what 30 to 40 calls before your next one. And depending on when you call, it could be upwards of 45 to 60 calls, depending on what your timing is for your follow-up. But over time, that becomes five, four, two. And if you're the last one standing with follow-up, that is life's golden ticket because the fortune is in the follow-up. And so how do you follow up consistently with energy? Because I don't know about you, Ryan, but before I did, I found these follow-up secrets, um, follow-up to me was a pain in the ass. It was almost like you hope they get their voicemail so you just don't have to talk to anybody. Like, it was crazy how I felt about it. Um, so that's this week. That's This week's going to be cool, man. Yeah, and I think that that's so important to see that. And, you know, I was watching a podcast. Actually, it's not a podcast. He has a YouTube channel. And um, his name is Matthew. And the, the name of his channel is kind of um, missing me right now. But 
he was a logistics manager and he still works in the logistics space, but he was saying um, any, anytime somebody asks for like cold call, you know, what's the best way to reach you? And his response is always good luck, you know? So with everything that's kind of going on in their life, and I want to bring up a, a fact here that I was kind of doing some research as well. And this is just sales in general, Dan. Um, so according to the National Sales Executive Association, I didn't even know that was the thing, but uh, I did it in research. 80% of sales. Serious research. There we go, brother. So 80% of sales requires five follow-ups after the initial contact. Yet a surprising amount of 44% of salespeople give up after their first follow-up. And that data alone is just so important to understand. Like you said, Dan, you know, you have that eight touch for me. I've got like different cadences, um, which is like 12 to 15 multi-steps. And, you know, it's not like, hey, asking for business, asking for business. We're going to get into a little bit of strategies of how we follow up on tomorrow's episode specifically. But just to understand that this is a long game, right? And yeah. Dan, one of the biggest lessons I learned um, when I came over to the, the, curm- the company that I work with is that a follow-up isn't just three months or six months or something like that. There's customers that I've been prospecting, Dan, for like two to three years. And I yeah. never knew that that was a thing because I was in the transactional before. So I could, it's easy for me to close business when you're pretty transactional. And, you know, we'll get, we'll get into the conversation with them because some people might say, oh, spray and pray um, and see what kind of filters out. You kind of make that big funnel or you kind of go targeted and personalized. Full transparency. And this is an alert for everybody. Both of them work. So it's going to be whatever you decide, <laughs> you know, it's whatever you're actually doing the follow-up on, right, Dan? So, um, Dan, follow-up. So let's get into it a little okay. bit. Um, you as a trainer um, and, you know, you being a coach and even being like my coach and stuff like that, what are some things that you teach specifically on the follow-up? So number one, the first thing when it comes to follow-up, do what makes you excited. And here's what I mean. Some people don't like phone calls. Some people prefer phone calls over emails. When you're following up, the first thing you need to understand is this needs to be exciting for you. You can't dread it every five seconds. So if if your follow-up process is all phone calls and you hate sales calls, you hate cold calling, then switch to email, but get really good at it and understand a couple of things. When you're following up, so that's number one. Number one is make sure it's something that energizes you. This is critical. I mean, I found this out when I fell so far behind on follow-ups. I don't know how many times that I wiped out my system, like just deleted everything with single sales lead in my system because I said, you know what? Like if, if I message this person a month after I was supposed to follow up, I think I look like an idiot. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever done that, Ryan, because you're pretty consistent with your follow-up. But I'll tell you, man, there's been times where I've missed those follow-ups. So do what's fun for you. And I know some people might say fun. Yeah. Like if you're a phone person, then obviously every time you get a voicemail, try and make that voicemail a game so the prospect will call you back. Like always in have find some piece to have fun because when you do then follow-up becomes game it's not a oh i have to like you ever heard that ryan where you say to somebody what do you have to do oh i have to follow up on no i can't wait to follow up with certain amount of people because your statistics that you just read i actually the last one that i read from statistics uh i forget the company that does all the polls but um they, it was like seven touches before. So it's, I'm, I'm glad to see it's gone down. And Ryan, here's the thing. Number two thing that I teach every sales rep is 
if you think one phone call and then saying on the voicemail or an email, I'll touch base in a couple of days and then you wait two weeks, I always operate right or wrong. I always share with my students operate as if when you're saying to the prospect, I'm going to call you in two days, they write it in their calendar because, and again, are they? No, (laughs) but here's the thing. And again, We can all say, but me, but I would do this. I've always in my head kept track. Okay, this person touched base with me on LinkedIn. They said they'll get back to me in two days. I haven't haven't heard them in two weeks, from them in two weeks. So here's the thing. And the big thing with this. If you say you're going to get back to me in two days and I don't hear from you in two weeks, do you think I can trust you when I'm giving? This is when you're trying to get my business. So this is when you should be like my best friend on my, my BFF on the planet and be all over me. And you're not even following. You're not even following the schedule that you said you were going to schedule. I didn't ask you to call me back in two days. You told me you were going to call me back in two days. And then you don't. To me, I would never do business with you because you can't even follow up on time. What makes to say when we start doing millions of dollars in business together, you're going to have what it takes to keep up. That's my impression. What about you? Brother, that was just key. And I think that's the timing. You know, the we, we talk about this quite a bit, you know, controlling the controllables. What can I control? When it comes to follow-ups, you have 100% of control of that, right? So it doesn't matter if they Dang. said that they were going to, you know, if they were going to, like, I love what you said. That's why I put it on the screen. Operate as if your prospect will put it on their calendar. Even if they said that, you know, call me in two days and they don't pick up, it's still on you to make that call. It's still on you to make that, that touch itself and try to build that relationship from there. And, you know, I always say this, but when it comes to prospecting to anything in life that you really want, you know, Dan, did you ask Christine to marry you on the first date? You might have because of your electric personality. I didn't ask my wife to get married <laughs> no, on the I first didn't. date, you know? You know, so for anybody w- with those one-touch closes, it's very rare that those happens, but it does happen, you know? So yeah. it does, like, I've had one-touch closes. You've had one-touch closes. Everybody's had them. So, you know, well, let me definitely ask take... this, Ryan, about one-touch closes. Sorry to interrupt you. No. Uh, one-touch closes for me have always been about money. Hmm. They've never been about you know, like, oh my God, uh, I was waiting for an expert to call me. I was just sitting here doing absolutely nothing, wondering, you know, how my life was falling apart because of my logistics, right? Like, have you ever had a one-touch close? Now, it might have turned into a solid relationship, but that wasn't based on pure financial. Um, I think about, so I look at the times too. So to answer your question, I think yes and no. I've had a little bit of, okay. little bit of both. And the reason is because I've called, like I just got them at the right time. You know, and I think that's what process follow-ups is. It's just getting the right person at the right time. So it's like, I know some people who put the strategies where like, hey, they'll only make their prospect, not only, but they'll put their attention on like Friday after 12. That's when like trucks fall off or like logistics guys go blank or something like that. So there's been times that I've called and before I get into the spiel, they're like, hey, can you get me a truck from like A to B? And then within yeah. 15 minutes, you know, we, we do it and then we, we do that. And then there's times, I don't know how it is, at all companies but you know how you got to send like the credit forms and all that sometimes yes. sometimes we'll bypass that just to get that load out to get and get that understanding yeah. right um so yes and no like i've had one one call closes turn to just be transactional where you're talking about price but i have some of that have led to great relationships and you know my i know we'll get into tomorrow but a question that i like to ask dan on these like one touch closes is hey this is ryan with x company have you heard our name tossed around And I think that credibility, you know, you get to kind of see like where your company that you work with or you work for, 
where they are in the market, right? Because everybody talks to each other. John Brewer talks to like his stripping manager. He talks to everybody, you know? So I, I feel like once you kind of get that credibility, even if you're brand new or you're, you're somebody who's experienced, you kind of get that, oh, it's just like me calling you, Dan, and be like, hey, you ever heard of Coke? You know, before like Coca-Cola, <laughs> Coca-Cola, <laughs> you ever heard of Coca-Cola or Pepsi? <laughs> you're like, yeah, there's some credibility there, right? It's a so. shame that you even had to clarify that. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, you're absolutely right, brother. I think it's, um, you know, I think the, uh, hold on, just hear something going wrong here. Um, I think the, uh, you know, the ability, um, <laughs> you got me so thrown off with that Coke comment. Um, that was good. You know, I think a lot of salespeople fall down because they don't have, well, A, they don't enjoy cold calling. B, they don't enjoy follow-ups because it, it's it's very, like if you don't put a gamification to it and shout out to Chad for, for bringing that word into my vocabulary because I always thought, how can I make this more fun? And Chad's like, well, turn it into a game. I'm like, yeah, there we go. Like turn it into a challenge. Turn all your follow-up into how do you get to the next level? And how do you, you know, and I, I don't know if there's ever a way to beat the game, but how do you beat the game, right? Like, how do you find those ways to get to the next level easy, quickly, without issue? And I think that, for starters, on everyone's table should be the first thing you change, right? Like, I don't know about you, Ryan, but if you're not mixing up your follow-up, do you not get bored? Oh, 100%. 100%. You have to mix it up. And, you know, when we get into the strategies of what we actually do, like, there's so many things that you can learn. Like, there's one that I learned during COVID, and I'll talk about it on tomorrow's episode, um, in terms of, like, that worked for me. Because COVID, right? Like, you think about it, um, you know, as Brandy kind of mentions here, in-person selling. Um, you know, she really loves in-person selling. And, you know, some of us... Um, a topic that you and I have talked about that we want to do an episode on is like, hey, what about selling if you're an introvert, right? Because I feel like some of us, um, I, I like as outgoing and things like that that I am right now on this podcast and knowing people, I'm pretty introverted. You know, when I go into new crowds, if I go, I'm not going to lie, when I go to a conference, it kind of scares me a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm forced to kind of go ahead and make these conversations. And then I'm like, oh, it's not really that bad, right? So yeah. when it comes to like follow-ups, there's so many ways we can go about it that you can't get bored. You know, you, I feel like you could never over follow up. There's a and there is a fine line between like follow up and being annoying and, and yep. sorry, being persistent, being persistent and being annoying. But at the end of the day, you got to remember, like no one's going to come over the phone, come over the email. You're not going to get fired. You know, I've never heard somebody being fired because they followed up too much. You know, so it's just like, yeah, within reason, obviously. Well, you, you know, and, and here's one thing. And. and- I know we're going to get into more strategies tomorrow, but here's one thing I've always said to salespeople, and, and here's one thing y'all can take from today, is if you're following up and somebody says to you, like, you know what, da, 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 you know, like, come on, man, you stop calling me. Say, okay, I understand that. I'm just doing my job. If your sales team didn't follow up, you wouldn't have any product to ship. And every company, everyone Everyone in business follows up. And when we put it that way, I've had so many prospects just stop and go, huh, okay, I apologize. I'm having a bad day. I go, I get it. Like, And this is why, Ryan, for me, and we'll talk about it more tomorrow, for me, 
I much prefer email until there's a connection. Like you will very rarely see me on what's quote unquote called a cold call. Because for me, when have you ever made a cold call and it's actually been a convenient time for the person to talk, right? Very rarely. But what I do find is when you have a well-worded email that qualifies your your prospects immediately, I find I get more replies at like six, seven o'clock at night. And this is, this started a decade ago with CEOs. I always emailed CEOs, never called them because you're never going to catch a CEO at a time where they're like, man, I had 10 minutes. I was just waiting for you to call. It's never going to happen. And I started seeing replies at seven, eight o'clock at night. And then I'm having communications with CEOs at seven, eight o'clock at night. Then all of a sudden I'm being introduced to the traffic managers or logistics managers at nine or 10 o'clock at night. And I'm sending emails. So To me, I started to realize not the clout, but I'm all of a sudden replying to emails that, again, I don't want this to sound harsh to anyone, but that are not pertinent to my day's tasks yet. I'll reply at night. And and think about how you filter through emails. Think about the calls that you get during the day when you're right in the middle of something like you're, you're locked in, Ryan, you're, you're, you're productive you're moving and all of a sudden the phone rings and somebody asks you if you want your ducks cleaned if you even wanted your ducks cleaned you probably would push that person off the phone because you're so into what you're doing and if we take traffic managers logistics managers guys like john brewer guys like greg everyone we have on on these shows says they get twice the calls and they have twice or three times the work to do so i don't Personally, I don't see phone calls as connecting in the way I want to connect. And I'll say that in my email. And I know that's more of tomorrow. I just kind of wanted to say that. I love that. I love that, brother. Well, let's close it off, brother. There's no better no better way because that was so much, so much nuggets of information there that people can take away, right? And I, I just thought it was it was perfect that you said that because like something is email and then tomorrow we'll talk about why I like phone calls a lot better because yeah. uh, there's pattern interrupts. But, you know, Tune in tomorrow, guys. We'll definitely go into our strategies. Cliffhanger.